hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Some people say the market's going up and some people say the market is going down. I say it's going to do both. Thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. You know, it's my goal to give you at least one concrete idea each week that you can take away and do your own research on to see if it's appropriate for you. You always have to do your own research. As I said, some people think the market's going up and some people say it's going down. I think it's going to do both. Let me point something out. I'm not a market timer. I'm not a macro economist. No, no, no. I'm a value-oriented fundamental investor, which simply means I'm looking for great companies when someone is willing to sell them to me at a good price. With that said, you do have to pay close attention to what's happening in the world or else you could get left behind. For example, at the turn of the last century, you could have gone out and bought the best buggy whip manufacturer in the world and you could have bought it at a good discount to what you thought it was worth, but it wouldn't have worked out very well for you because of a guy named Henry Ford. I think in the near term, we can find a lot to be nervous about. I'll give you the short list. Rising interest rates, trade wars, inflation, incredibly low unemployment, which sounds really good, but could turn out to be a problem for us. Iran, Russia, China, the midterm elections. Hey, I'm sure I missed a few in here, but you get the idea. So I want to be a bit more conservative than my usual conservative self. And if you could reasonably call back on your risk, well, you might want to think about doing so. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting you sell everything and run for the hills, but a bit of caution over the next couple of months probably makes sense. I think we'll continue to have this market go up and then the market go down over the next couple of months. We'll be locked into this trading range. I haven't been a fan of the consumer staples, particularly the household products for a while now, for obvious reasons. In this type of economy and market, I should say, this type of economy and market, people are looking for cyclical stocks that are rapidly growing, not the steady eddy defensive flavors. I think it's time that we take a look. So we'll be talking about them in just a few minutes. But first, as a value-oriented type guy, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least spend a couple of minutes on the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder meeting. This is something a lot of investors wait all year for. They get an incredible amount of people out to Omaha to listen to what Buffett and his sidekick, Charlie Munger, have to say. And if you're interested, you could easily find the annual uh, presentation online. Now, Warren Buffett has always been an optimist. And if you're an investor, well, you have to be an optimist too. You have to believe that the U.S. and the world is going to be better off down the road than where we are now. And again, this year, he reiterated that he was bullish on the future of the U.S., China, and really for the rest of the world. People are going to be living better 10, 20, 50 years from now, 
And he doesn't believe that that's something that can be stopped absent uh, weapons of mass destruction. So as an investor, you have to look past some things and you have to believe in the future. I've talked pretty extensively about Berkshire Hathaway and how we buy the B shares, symbol BRKB, and I own the stock. I've talked pretty extensively about Berkshire on the show here, as my partner Rob will attest to. Actually, after this show, I think he's going to ask me to go on hiatus, on a Berkshire hiatus for a while. We'll see how that turns out. But let me give you just a few of the takeaways, my takeaways from the meeting. I think it's pretty evident evident that he likes Apple because he bought another 31.2 million shares in the final three months of last year, meaning he upped his stake in the company by 23% to 165.3 million shares. That's close to $28 billion worth. He also pointed out that Apple's earnings are almost twice that as the second most profitable company in America. I'll stay with my price targets on Apple for now. Under 165, I'd buy half, and then I'd take the full position under 155. What was also interesting was that he said he made a mistake by not investing in Google or Amazon. Can you believe it? Google or Amazon. Buffett has long said investors should only bet on businesses they understand. And he admitted that when it came to Google and Amazon, he would have been far better, better, obviously, if he had some insights into certain businesses. Hey, I like Google. I guess we could all point out great business opportunities that we missed out on. Another takeaway was his uh, cash position. He's sitting on north of $100 billion in cash and cash equivalents. I thought that this was going to be a drag on future returns. I've said it on the show before. Basically, you have all this money sitting there earning nothing or close to nothing. He said if that stash of cash gets to $150 billion, he's got to do something. So I sat back and I thought about this for a minute. If the multiples in the market don't change and they aren't attractive to him now and his own stock is too rich for him, well, what does he do? The only thing I can think of at the moment is pay a dividend. Can you believe it? Berkshire paying a dividend after almost 60 years? If you have some ideas, well, let me know. I don't think he wants to go out with his last deal being a really bad one. He's certainly not going to be buying cryptocurrencies because he basically said at this year's meeting, he believes that it's a big game of financial musical chairs and that people are buying it because that they're hoping that they wake up tomorrow morning and the price will be higher. That game can go on for a while, sometimes a long while, but it comes to a bad ending. He also commented on interest rates, and he said he thought long-term bonds were a terrible investment at current rates or anything close to current rates. And you know what? I couldn't agree with him more. As the Fed increases rates, Bond prices theoretically fall, and the longer the maturity, the harder the fall. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you should look at what you're getting paid in your money markets because some of them have have adjusted. As rates have gone up, they've adjusted them. Some of them are still paying less than a half a percent. 
while others are paying almost a percent and a half. That's a big difference. If you have a decent amount of cash, well, that can add up. I suggest you take a look at what you're doing there. If you're going to own bonds, I'd suggest you keep your maturities short in duration. Listen, it's time for me to step away and take a break. But when we come back, we'll talk about cleaning up in the market. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in just a moment. You've worked hard, you've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. If you have a question for the show, you can email me. Email me at podcast at xmlfg.com. Once again, it's podcast, which is plural at xmlfg.com. Let's talk about the consumer staples, specifically the household product companies. I've railed against the consumer staples saying that it was crazy to buy them at 20 times or 25 times earnings for these slow growers. Now, since the beginning of the year, these stocks have just gotten crushed. We're talking about companies like Procter & Gamble, Clorox, colgate Palmolive, Kimberly-Clark. Heck, Procter & Gamble is down over 20%. At this point, I think we need to take a look. This year has started out pretty well for the group. Almost all these companies have reported revenue ahead of estimates, and we're starting to see sales pick up. You've also seen some pricing power which is going to be key in keeping rising commodity prices in check. And the market has basically ignored them. They haven't rewarded the group for improving operating fundamentals. And the household products group is at the cheapest level this decade. That's why we're taking a look. Compelling valuations and improving fundamentals. Let's set the table here. Operating pressures have been weighing on the group. You've had increasing raw material cost, which has narrowed margins over the last several quarters. And in response, you've seen several companies implement wide-scale cost-cutting and focused on productivity improvements. And a few have been able to pass the cost along. This is very much a competitive group we're talking about. So, They're constantly working on improving and differentiating their products. A lot comes down to advertising, too. Let's talk about the four biggies in the group. Clorox, which is symbol CLX. Colgate, symbol CL. uh, Procter & Gamble, symbol PG. And Kimberly-Clark, KMB. Let's start off with Colgate. Again, symbol CL. It's trading around $62, and it's paying a 2.6% dividend. And even though the stock has gone from around $78 down to 62 or down better than 20%, I think I still have to pass on it. Earnings are projected to be $3.17 this year and $3.42 next, which means 
The stock is trading hands at 19 times this year's earnings and 18 times next year's earnings, if those estimates are right. They'll probably grow a little faster than some of the others because of stock buybacks and some other things, but it's still too expensive for me. Another one I think I'll pass on is Clorox, symbol CLX. This stock is trading at about 119, and earnings here are projected to be 573 this year and 637 next year. So that translates to about 20 times earnings this year and 18 or 19 for next. All these companies usually trade at higher multiples than the market because of their dividends, the quality of their balance sheets, and their predictability. All qualities I think you should pay up for. In the case of Clorox, I think it has the weakest balance sheet of the four that we're talking about today. And it's not horrible by a long shot. It's just not as good as the other three. Clorox symbol CLX also pays a 3.2% dividend, which is better than what Colgate pays. Kimberly Clark, KMB. This is one I'd look at and something that you might want to consider if it's appropriate for your portfolio. Kimberly Clark is trading at 102, about 102. So it's down about 17% from its high at the beginning of the year, but it's also been falling since last summer when it hit 134. Now, the analysts are guessing that they make close to $7 this year and $7.20 next year. So they're guessing that it's going to grow its earnings at about 4%. That's about what you'd expect from this group. Let's face it, people are only going to wash their hands and brush their teeth so many times in a day. But you put that 4% type growth with a 3.8% dividend, you're getting almost an 8% type of return, assuming the multiple doesn't change. That multiple has been lower. It's gotten down to about 12 times during the great financial crisis, but we're pretty close, pretty darn close to that now at about 14 times earnings. I think I'd be nibbling here. Don't think that you're going to get a quick pop in the stock. These companies are long-term investments. Kimberly Clark has that big dividend. Value line gives them an A++ for financial strength, 40 for earnings predictability, which is really low for this type of business, and a one for safety. My favorite out of the group would be Procter & Gamble, symbol PG. The stock is trading around $71 and it's paying a 4% dividend. Earnings are expected to grow at about 6% between this year and next, going from 420 to 447. Remember, those are estimates. They're not written in stone. So the stock trades at about 16 or 17 times this year's estimates and about 15 or 16 times next year's estimates. That's the lowest average over the last 15 years. In my opinion, they have the best product line with brands like Tide, Crest, Charmin, Downey, and about 65 others. Procter & Gamble has also been the one that's, well, has been the one that's been in the news the most over the last six months. And that's because Nelson Peltz was awarded a a seat on the board after a well-publicized proxy fight. He'd been calling for a more aggressive growth plan because P&G's top line had become stagnant. So as a result, 
the company reiterated its goal of implementing strategic growth measures to make the business more productive and efficient. So in sum, I think you can start nibbling here under 67 and I'd own a, uh, well, I think you can start nibbling here and under 67, I'd own a full position. Again, you have to do your own research and decide what's best for you. If you need some help, well, give us a call. That's about all we have time for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.